Welcome to Sons of a Gun, a podcast about the DC Universe. I'm Alex Gunn. I'm Justin Gunn. And we have a famous celebrity father. We can't mention exactly who he is, but we're doing this podcast in his honor. We love you, Dad. And Dad. And let me say, we love you, Dad. (laughs) We love you. I mean this earnestly as a person Uh, with a father to say, we love you. Our collective dad. We love you. Call us, Dad. We miss you. We love you. We know you're busy. Uh, And we miss Mom, too. But let's not get into that because that part's getting weird. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's. Listen, we haven't done this podcast in a while, but it is Dad. Dad's time to shine because R.I.P. the DCEU. We still haven't done an Aquaman 2 episode, so sorry about that. We will it's coming. get back to that at some point. It's going to be streaming soon, so that'll make it much easier. Way to, easier. Way <laughs> easier to watch in, I don't know, 15, 20-minute chunks, something like that, while I do other <laughs> things. Uh, let's not get uh-huh. into that, though, because finally... It is the DCU's year. It is James Gunn's year at the DCU. Kind of, uh, we are getting a kickoff of it later this year with the animated Creature Commandos. Meanwhile, Superman Legacy is running towards production. But we're going to kick off with another news item. And uh, by the way, I'll mention, if you got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. We're looking down the pike. To an entirely different movie, Supergirl, Supergirl, excuse me, Woman of Tomorrow casting is heating up. There are three people who are reading for the role. They haven't said these are the only candidates for the role, like it's been reported some places, but they have said that these three folks are reading for it. You got Amelia Jones, one of our faves from Lock and Key on Netflix, as well as Coda and a bunch of other things. Millie Alcock from House of the Dragon. And Meg Donnelly, who actually did the voice of Supergirl for a bunch of animated projects, are all reading for the role. Justin, you're a casting director. What are your takes on these choices? (laughs) I mean, these are these are great uh, names of people who um, could easily play the role. People have enough juice uh, to to be a, a news item to to get there. I do think, like Millie Alcock, very associated with the Game of Thrones role, despite the fact that um, she's not really playing it anymore. Uh, so, like, I I doubt that feels like not. Maybe I wouldn't go that way. The um, Meg Donnelly, voice of Supergirl. Maybe, but that also feels like, well, let's let her reach. She already has played Supergirl. The Amelia Jones one. And sure, mm-hmm. we're Jones heads here. Uh, we're Jones for Jones. We're Jones for Jones. And so is everyone. She, to me, feels like the most interesting pick of these mm-hmm. three. I agree. She definitely has the intensity to yeah. deal with the storyline of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow from the book by Tom King and Bilquis Evely. So I could see her napping it. I will say, and I don't think there's any role this is going to happen, but when this news came out, I was a little bummed that Sasha Kaye from The Flash seems mm. to not be in the mix. I assume there's a WB thing of like flash bombed. We can't have any ties to that yeah. whatsoever. But yeah, she with what she was given to do in that role as Supergirl, I thought was really good and channeled yes. exactly what you want out of that character. So I don't know. I, I hope she's in the mix somewhere, but I kind of doubt it. Agree. And it's a shame because I actually of if you throw her in the mix, she matches the tone of the sto- the comic book that this is uh, you know supposed to be based on the best like this sort of like world weary supergirl who is just trying to like 
get through a bunch of very bad, difficult situations. Like that's what the her role was in in the Flash movie. So it's a shame, but I agree with you. That it'd be really, really dicey to go back into that so close to its recent failure. But I agree with you. Of those choices, I think Amelia Jones is the one to go for. She's also got a fair amount of heat behind her, um, which seems to be something that I think they're looking for based on the Superman legacy cast. They're getting a lot of people that are just on the cusp, you know, uh, I'll on Isabella Merced, who's playing Hawkgirl or Hawkwoman over in yeah. Superman Legacy. She is on a roll right now. David Corrin sweat, same sort of thing. He was somebody that's like always just about to break through. And Amelia Jones through Coda. Uh, and also not cat person, which kind of bobbed and everybody hated, but I don't think anybody blamed her, but no. she, she's like one hit away from being absolutely great. So we'd love to see her in the role. It, Cat Person was one of those movies that had so much juice coming out of um, festival season and then, like, just did not go yeah. anywhere. So I don't know. Something was mismanaged there. Yeah. And and again, I don't think anybody blamed her. I think everybody still likes her. Um, so fingers crossed. Uh, or we'll see. Maybe those aren't the only choices. Yeah. Here's another one on the opposite end of the spectrum, I guess, in terms of something not happening anymore. R.I.P. the air cut of... Mm. Suicide Squad, air cut, air cut. I don't know. Yeah, air maybe. I don't know. Air, air sounds like the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, the air <laughs> cut. Yeah, they were going to make it mostly. They were going to take Suicide Squad, re-edit it, so it's mostly about shoes. And, uh, oh, that's and, sick. Just what I want. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get an air cut. Like I don't say H's. So while promoting one of his new movies, David Ayer said, a quote, this was in a story from The Hollywood Reporter, quote, I can take the hint. It's been radio silent and I'm done pushing a rock uphill. There are great places and great partners out there to work with. And I just want to focus on being a great partner and making some great, good movies. Um, this is throwing cold water on the idea that Suicide Squad has what I think previously is called one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Uh, his cut of the movie that got stimmied for a variety of reasons, mostly that back in the day Deadpool came out, everybody loved it, and WB was like, make it funnier. Batman v Superman came out, and it was dour, and everybody hated it, so they're like, don't do that. So they ended up having mm-hmm. a mishmash of toads in the movie that didn't. Didn't quite work, to put it gently. Um, yeah. But David Ayer says that his cut it was much more serious and much more intense and really, really good. Uh, how do you feel about this? Are you bummed out that we'll never get to see? I mean, of- you could t- – based on that quote, he's bummed out and he's mm-hmm. pissed about it. But, like, whatever. I don't know. It just feels like that's not – the releasing a the Snyder cut is not this industry standard. Like, the idea mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, I guess they're not going to do a second release of this movie that most people don't really talk about much anymore. Um, so, like, I feel like that's just being a little bit burnt by the situation. And then on top of that, do we need a superhero movie that's more serious and dour? I don't necessarily want that. Yeah. I will say in its favor, and I was very surprised about this, a bunch of DC movies recently, and I say recently, like a month ago, ended up on Netflix. And the Mm. one that immediately broke out was Suicide Squad. Like the rest of them kind of sat at the bottom of Netflix's self-curated top 10 um, or weren't there at all. Like Man of Steel, I don't think popped up at all. Justice League didn't pop up at all. Um, Aquaman has been huge on the platform, again, as far as Netflix has been reporting. But Suicide Squad was the one that like immediately rocketed up the charts and sat there for a while. 
And I think that's probably because you got Margot Robbie, you got Will Smith, you got a bunch of stars in it. Um, I don't think it deserves a second cut, but clearly there are people who enjoy that movie for the trash that it is. And I say that lovingly, but Ah, loving trash. But again, I think the thing that they don't need is spending millions and millions of dollars to have a cut of a movie that generally people think is stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Moving back to Superman legacy, Jesse Eisenberg has some advice for Nicholas Holt on Lex Luthor. He was over at Sundance and they asked him about it and he said, don't watch me to variety. Whenever you play a role, you feel connected to it. Uh, There's no way around it. Anytime you do anything, even if it's a movie that's a Hollywood kind of thing, you connect. Um, So, yes, (laughs) correct. That's nice. I mean, the idea, it's funny to to say, like, what is this? Okay, we have this great legacy between these two uh, Luthers. Like, what's their tie? What's their connection? And I feel like they're like, I don't know, man. I just got that job, and I did it for a while, and now this other guy has it. You don't have feel a lot of legacy for the, the next person that replaces you at your office job, I feel like. So right. it feels a little bit more that way than some, like, well, who's playing Lear this year? Uh <laughs> So, like, but I mean, Jesse Eisenberg dropping a little acting knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sundance. Yeah. I think also the big takeaway for me there, beyond exactly what you're saying, like, what is he going to take? Probably nothing. He's not going to study. He's not going to study Gene Hackman. He's not going to study. Hopefully, he's not going to study Kevin Spacey. He's definitely not going <laughs> to study any of the other actors who have played Lex Luthor. But, like, the. The assumption in my head a little bit is that Jesse Eisenberg, good at playing dweebs. Nicholas Holt, Mm. also very good at playing dweebs. So there's a sense of Nicholas Holt, in my mind, is a little more like a Jesse Eisenberg than some of the other Luthers that we've seen. Um, So there could be a connection there, but I think James Gunn is doing his own thing. Like, he's not looking at Granny's PhD and thinking, how can we pay tribute to this beautiful scene from Batman v Superman or anything like that. Well, and that's what I, I the movie is going to, the, the writing and the just direction and tone that James Gunn is establishing is what's going to guide this. Like mm-hmm. there's no way he's going to have Nicholas Holt be playing it like Jesse Eisenberg. That was so specific and such a uh, thing that I don't think they're going to go that way for many reasons. Yeah. And, uh, Despite the dweeb thing that I said, Nicholas Holt and Jesse Eisenberg, very different actors. Like with Eisenberg, yeah. they're going for, uh, you know, stabbering tech billionaire. I think yeah. they're probably Zuckerberg, have, Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. Yeah. I think they're going to have a much more traditional Lex with Nicholas Holt. You know, if anybody has it, go watch The Great, where he plays King. I'm blanking on the name. I don't know. I, I don't know either, but I do like that show. Yeah, that show is great. He's very intense and very terrifying in that show, and by turns hilarious. And if he brings any of that energy, which I'm sure he will, I think it's going to be a great Lex Luthor. Uh, Speaking of Superman Legacy, continuing with that, James Gunn, very active on threads, dropping a bunch of filmmaking advice, and every once in a while, shutting down rumors and stories. There was apparently a story that was pivoting off of a story about the public domain. Uh, Let me take a step back and explain this in a more cohesive fashion. So as a lot of people probably know at the beginning of the year, um, 
Mickey Mouse, the original Mickey Mouse from Steve Walt Willie, entered the public domain. So people were looking for what are some other characters that are going to pop into the public domain. And people very quickly realized, I actually think somebody at our Patreon Slack was the first to identify this, at least as I saw, though I don't think the news came from there. But <laughs> Superman and Batman are both entering the public domain in around uh, 2034 or so. Uh, that's ostensibly what the lights are there. There are elements that won't I think the Superman shield and the Batman shield are trademarked by DC, so people won't be able to use that. There's obviously a lot of confusion about public domain. It doesn't mean, like, you can publish your own Superman comic books aside DC. It isn't exactly the same thing as that. There are elements you'll be able to use of the original versions of the characters. That all said, this is a long way of setting up. There was a bunch of stuff about talking about, oh, Superman Legacy is coming out. They're going to use stuff so that it can't enter the public domain. James Gunn, after all of this preamble, was like, no, we are not making decisions for Superman Legacy based on what is or is not going to enter the public domain. That's the whole news item. Yeah, and like I, I understand everyone is like, this is a conspiracy. They're trying to they're trying to screw us over with this stuff just so they can get away with something. It's like they need this movie to be a success. It don't that's the only goal they mm-hmm. need this to just be a win there's no sneaky piggybacking maybe after it's all said and done and everyone's like this movie's great they're like let's throw a, a dr pepper can on the desk there or something where it's like we'll do a little product placement but i just feel like the idea they're trying to back piggyback a bunch of like random like uh, let's make sure we get green lantern in there so we can make sure that in the future in mm-hmm. 40 years we won't have to deal with that or whatever it's like no This needs to be a win on its own. The bigger thing, I think, I think people are looking at it from the wrong direction. Like, it's not about taking Superman and cementing stuff so the corporation can hang on to them. Though certainly that is a corporate directive. They want to hang on to these things as long as possible, um, as long as they legally can. I think if you look back at the original plan for the DCU, the goal was to get as much juice as possible before the stuff entered public domain. It's gotten pushed back now because of the strikes. Superman Legacy is coming out in 2025. So ostensibly, this 10-year plan that they have will end after some parts of those characters enter public domain. But I do think the original plan there to launch it in 2024 and then go be like, we got 10 years of story until we lose it in 2034. Mm. That's probably at least part of the driver that was going on there. Um, as is, they're going to do what they could do, but there's only so much they can do about copyright law. Clearly, as we've seen, even Disney can't really stop this stuff from happening. So certainly, I don't think Warner Brothers, Discovery, Paramount, Sony, whatever they end up being by that point, uh, is going to be able <laughs> to do anything different. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, another James Gunn news item. He has said that Peacemaker Season 2 at this point has one episode left to be written, the finale. Um, he's a busy guy. That was yeah. my main takeaway there. When is he going to find time to write and direct and showrun Peacemaker with everything else going on? Well, it seems like he wants to, though. So you can always make some time to do that especially i mean what when when are they going into production for legacy like we've got a little bit of time soon maybe maybe there's a break maybe uh, one of the actor schedules will have a a six-week hole in it that he'll plug with some of that like you never know yeah yeah we'll see i'm very curious about that one he also has said that it's not going to contradict what's going on with dc continuity 
he said that it won't be confusing in any way, even though the first season was very clearly set in the DCEU. We've talked about this a lot of the podcast. I think people will get over it. Like, I think fads will be pissed off and be like, but Aquaman and the Flash was in the first season and that was the previous version. And it's so confusing. But most people are going to be like, John Cena, funny, haha, bab, 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 I enjoy it. And maybe they'll make a reference to it in a fun, funny way. Like, I think James Gunn is standing by his word of like, I want the creative to lead. And that's the guiding principle to a lot of his decisions. So far, I trust that his sort of take. So, like, if this is where he's putting his energy, then I want to see it. There we go. All right. And once again, if you got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. You can support this podcast and all the podcasts we do at patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the DCU. Please subscribe. Ah, can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice, but not Google Podcast, which is going away at the end of March. If you subscribe there, please immediately subscribe somewhere else, or you can transfer your subscription over to YouTube Music, everybody's favorite podcast app, at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, Dad. It's your year. It's your year, Dad. And I want to talk to the next Justin, the next person that's going to play me in this podcast and just oh, yeah. make sure I'm they gonna tell know. Them, I'm going to tell them not to watch you. <laughs> <laughs>